2: Serving up frozen drinks in the summer and hot toddies in the winter. Stop by the bakery and takeout spot next door for fresh breads, sticky buns, and pizzas to go. But Roberta's also extends beyond Bushwick, with multiple locations in New York City, Long Island, and Los Angeles. You can also find their frozen pies in grocery stores around the country. The spirit of Roberta's, like Heritage Radio Network, is everywhere. Here's to many more years of pizza powered radio. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com.
1: This is Eat Your Heartland Out, a show about the intersection of food and culture in the American Midwest. I'm your host, Capri Cafaro, and today I'm having a conversation with an entrepreneur who is innovating how individuals access healthy foods while supporting small farmers and producers. Nick Carter is the co-founder of Market Wagon, a virtual farmer's market with a nationwide reach. We're excited to have him on the program. Nick, welcome. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I have known about Market Wagon for a little while, and it is really an intriguing idea. What was the spark for, for Market Wagon?
3: Uh, it was pretty simple. Uh, I'm a farmer myself. I'm a fourth generation Indiana farmer, grew up on a mm-hmm. farm, um, left when I was 18, uh, kind of as a statistic. You know, most of the people in my generation aren't staying in agriculture. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been a well known issue for uh, U.S. farmers for a long time. and. I saw an opportunity to kind of, I know it sounds trite, but save the family farm by going direct to consumer. And mm. the, what we needed was the ability to have a marketplace to find the consumers and then get the product to them. And uh, today over 1,500 other farmers and food artisans are using the same.
1: So how does this work for a consumer? Uh, you know, you go online, you find uh, you know, Market Wagon, then what happens? <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's, a, it's a marketplace where you can, uh, first thing is you, you put in your zip code uh, or select a delivery area that you know you're within so that uh, all the food you're shopping is from local farms that are right near you. Um, and then you're shopping from all the different local farmers that are in your area. Uh, you can create a basket with uh, products from all the different vendors. You can get bread from one place and ground beef or meats from one farm that you like their growing practices and eggs from a different and some produce from a different farmer. Uh, one single checkout. And then our system uh, kind of aggregates all of those products and brings it to you in one delivery.
1: That seems almost too good to be true, right? <laughs> uh, the, the fact that you can really have that one-stop shop and you're able to to do that with individual vendors, producers, farmers uh, is is really very, very unique. Uh, how many markets do you actually serve with, uh, through Market Wagon?
3: Right now, we're in 19 states um, with just 22 fulfillment centers or markets, if you will, um, so throughout the Midwest, that includes you know Indianapolis, Fort Wayne, Cincinnati, Cleveland, Columbus, um, and in every one of those, it's somewhat of a you know rough math and an hour radius around those those uh, city centers.
1: Mm-hmm. And
3: uh, you know the real key is the technology that that makes it possible.
1: And not not to give away any state secrets, but you know how does this work on the back end. I mean, you know, how do you get all these different products to one place and keep them fresh?
3: Yeah. Well, I mentioned that I left the farm when I was 18 and, um, the, the kind of interlude in that story is that I uh, became a tech entrepreneur and mm. uh, was a software engineer, had my own software startups, um, exited successfully. Uh, but in that process, you know, gained the experience of how to, uh, kind of create, uh, very powerful software that allows us to do just what we're talking about. So it's, mm-hmm. it's really the efficiencies are driven by the technology. Um, there's mm-hmm. seven years in the making and we still haven't perfected it. I mean, there's a lot of, of uh, iterations that continue to take place, but um, the long and short of it is, you know, it's a matter of uh, moving data, uh, making sure that we know exactly what's available from the producers. You know, you don't want to buy lettuce from a farmer. Um, if they don't have enough to supply all the orders. And so there's uh, the supply and inventory, if you will, uh, what's available to be ordered, and then conveying those orders out on a timely basis. And and the big thing uh, that we use is batching. So Mm -hmm. orders could be delivered either once or twice a week. Uh, So it's not like next day delivery where we're bringing it to you the day that you order it. There's a little bit of planning involved. And that allows us to batch all of the orders together from uh, different consumers uh, going to different farms and then bring them to one centralized location where they can all be kind of remixed together, uh, into the, uh, the different orders.
1: Mm-hmm. How do you identify the, the producers that you work with?
3: Um, every time we go to a market, it's, you know, it's pretty convenient. The kinds of producers that we want to work with, um, they all congregate every Saturday morning in a few random church parking lots around the city. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we start with the farmer's markets and, um, You know, what we've discovered is that the online farmer's market market wagon is not competitive to farmer's markets. The kinds of consumers who shop at physical farmer's markets are there for the experience. They like shopping in that way, but that there are a lot of other consumers who want to buy this type of food uh, raised this way. But the farmer's market itself is doesn't fit their lifestyle for one reason or another. And so e-commerce is a new frontier. It's a new channel for these producers. And so we can uh, bring them more customers, expand their opportunity to grow with, uh, and sell what they grow on their farm. And uh, that's how we go.
1: Do you find that that's an easy sell for for farmers and producers? Or do you find that it's met with hesitation because maybe they're not used to selling, you know, in an e-commerce way, so it's unfamiliar and they don't really know what to expect?
3: Yeah, there's, there's always a lot of questions with something new. And e-commerce is, is definitely... Um, you know, not first nature to a lot of farmers. Um, the really the only reason why somebody would not be a market wagon is because they don't have what we call marginal supply, which means mm-hmm. they're selling out of everything at the farmer's market anyways. And there's a lot of farmers that do that. You know, they they pack up and they go to the farmer's market on Saturday and they they sell everything they could possibly grow. Um, that's not going to be a, a good vendor on market wagon unless they have. More land; they're just not planting yet because they need more demand, right? And they need more places to sell it. Um, but the kinds of farms that are that are trying to find more and more sales, this is a, an easy, easy op-
1: opportunity mm-hmm. for them. What about the markets that you actually serve? I mean, how do you identify those centralized hubs—the Indianapolis,es the Cincinnati's, the Cleveland's, whatever? Um, you know, what process do you use to? say, well, this is a viable market for us to uh, deliver in.
3: Yeah. Well, it, it's not as sophisticated as it might s- sound like it should be. Um, we, we're a Midwest company, first of all. So we've just kind of spread emanating out from Indianapolis like ripples on a pond. And if you look at the, the area that we serve today, you can just easily see how we've just spread across the Midwest terrain. And as far as where we can put one, We've kind of figured out mostly just through trial and error that uh we need roughly a million people within an hour's drive radius uh, other than anything lower than that um and we'd love to be able to serve uh but the reality is there's just not enough demand concentration to make the logistics work. Sure. Uh, so we have had to close a couple of hubs in some smaller areas we we used to operate in Evansville, Indiana, it's about 600,000 mm-hmm. people. So, Decent-sized middle city, but it just wasn't enough critical mass to get it going.
1: That's surprising. it's a college town, right?
3: Uh, yeah. It's, it's a small Evansville University down there. hmm
1: Yes, I so you know you would think that that might be something that uh would would create demand but you as you said it's going to be some trial and error uh through that process. Uh you you kind of touched upon this earlier because you you had said that Market Wagon isn't necessarily a you know competitor to the traditional farmers market. Do you find that it is complementary to to the traditional farmers market?
3: Yeah, very much so. Um the traditional farmers markets one day a week. Um, and what we've seen with vendors who are good at tracking their data, right, and, and have paid close attention, they're reporting to us that they the same customer who may buy from them at a farmer's market once every two or three weeks when they can make it, once they join Market Wagon, that customer still comes to the farmer's market, loves to visit with them, loves to come to their booth. But in the intervening weeks, when it doesn't fit their schedule, they've got soccer games with the kids, they're traveling, whatever it is, they can right. place an order on a Market Wagon. So suddenly they're being able to serve that customer through multiple channels by giving them multiple ways of getting their products.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. That, that makes that makes total sense. And um, do you find uh, I mean, and how much do you know about your consumer, the people that shop on Market Wagon? Do you get statistics on whether or not they're driven by, um, you know, healthy food, slow food, wanting to know where their food comes from, uh, organic, you know, um, value based production? I mean, what do you know about the people that use Market Wagon?
3: We know quite a bit. We know that um, they're not as interested in organics as you know the American consumer had been over the last decade, and that's actually just going with the overall consumer trend. Organic is kind of losing some of its its heft as it gets watered down a little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. The consumers on MarketWagon are interested in quality overall. Um, They want good food, so and they want to know where it comes from. It's a matter of trust, it's confidence. And what I've said for years is that uh, certification, such as organic or any other kind of label that you could slap onto a package, is kind of a poor substitute for transparency. And when the relationship is really there, when you really know where something comes from, that's when the trust is the highest. And that's what our consumers are looking for, is high trust, high confidence food that's good quality.
1: Now how do you replicate that trust when you're going through a, a web portal because you know yes you can like l- learn a little bit about the individual vendors but you're not you're not chatting with them you know in the uh, church parking lot as mm-hmm. as you might in the physical space so how do you build that trust with well, that, uh, in, with the individual consumers and the producers
3: That's a really interesting topic and you're exactly right. It's one of the things we've spent a lot of time working on that makes uh, Market Wagon vastly different from your typical just e-commerce, which amounts to being a sophisticated catalog on your screen, right? If this was just a catalog with prices, then there's no relationship. Even if you have like a a bio or you can click the little info circle and read about the farm or see a cute photo of their family. But what we created was social media-like features on the shopping Mm -hmm. platform, so oh, cool. you not only are shopping for products, but you can see who grew them and then follow your favorite vendors. The vendors can post to what's called a fresh feed. You can see updates about what's going on on their farm. Uh, and you, you just mentioned, you, you said you're not chatting with them in the church parking lot, but you are chatting with them online. There's a live nice. messaging back and forth with the farmers. So if you ask a question about the lettuce, how was it raised? What's the spray? Um, whatever the, the case may be, the answer is coming from the farmer. And they're they're directly interacting with the consumers on the website and building a relationship and building that trust that way.
1: That's that's brilliant. Uh, And is that did you start out with a feature like that or did it take time to to get to that point to say, you know what? We need this interactive feature.
3: It was pretty early on. I won't say we started with it, um, but it was introduced in twenty seventeen. We first launched out of beta in twenty sixteen. Uh, so this was one of the first things that we knew we needed. If we're going to be out there saying that local food is valuable because of the trust and the relationship that exists between the producer and the consumer, then we have to be uh, facilitating that in every way that we can. And so the chat was, and, and Q&A was uh, the first iterations, the, the fresh feed, the social media ability to follow vendors and see posts from them came along in 2018. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they've been in, in there uh, from the very, very early days.
1: hmm how has MarketWagon changed from, you know, its its beta uh, iteration to today?
3: Well, the biggest one is moving to home delivery. Um, hmm. Prior to the pandemic, uh, over fifty percent of our orders were pickups. Um, Interesting. The orders would be aggregated that. at the fulfillment center, and then we would route them out to various community area. You know. Uh, pickup locations in communities, and it could be small retail shops that had a complimentary kind of mission, maybe a butcher shop, maybe a local chocolate shop or a coffee shop. Um, And sometimes just, you know, a a local insurance agent or somebody who wanted to get visibility uh, and and was interested in helping the community. And so we had pickups. Well, all of a sudden in March 2021, uh, (laughs) nobody wanted anybody walking in their doors, right? And so home delivery became huge. Now, we had always offered home delivery, but it was, like I said, less than half of the the consumers. And suddenly it was everything. And that drove us to have to create a new wave of technology, um, route enhancements, uh, kind of it's called a traveling salesman algorithm. You've got to use the software to design your routes and drop offs because the efficiencies were key. And uh, we innovated quite a quite a bit there in the early parts of the pandemic in order to be able to keep up with the home delivery demand.
1: Wow, well, that's yet another example of how the pandemic has, uh, I think, uh, sped up innovations in a number of different industries. This one included. Uh, That that is really interesting. So, I mean, and I can I can imagine that you know people would want to. I mean. You know, people were obviously relying so heavily on delivery services. Do you do you see now that you know things have uh, ostensibly "quote unquote" gone back to normal in many ways? Um, that uh, the delivery side is that um, uh, dissipated a bit, or uh, uh, which? Let me actually back up. Do you still offer a pickup service at all?
3: We don't. Uh, well. Uh- with one qualification, we do in a few what we call legacy markets where the pickups never shut down. Uh, there were some locations that continued offering pickup and they participate with us, but in all of the markets that we've added over the last four years, we've just done home delivery and, uh, even where pickup is available, it's no longer being adopted at the same rate. So, um, are people quote unquote going back to normal? Mm, not really. They've kind of, uh, realized how convenient home delivery is and yep. have stuck with that.
1: Uh, totally. And I, I have to say, I'm, I'm guilty of that myself. I mean, particularly even with uh, with curbside pickup in a number of places, I, I find that that is, uh, you know, when you have, uh, you know, busy family, busy life, and you're like, okay, I'm not going to spend half an hour in the store, whether it's the grocery store or any place else, you just put it in the app and you pick it up. And that's just that, you know, so uh, I think that people in their own lives recognize recognize the, the convenience, no question about it. What do you see uh, Market Wagon doing in the next five years?
3: Well, we think that every community in the U.S. should have a, um, the ability to order local food online. And Market Wagon's unique logistics approach is the way to do that. So, we're continuing to find ways to, to open new markets, to expand further. Uh, but that ripples on the pond approach that I, I described earlier, it gets harder the further away those ripples get. So we're yep. exploring ideas like franchising, um, mm. partnering with other local organizations that are embedded in the communities. Because, you know, at the end of the day, we our mission is local food. But if we're the out-of-towners and we really don't belong there, then it's pretty notable. And we want to make sure that right. we are supporting um, the groups, the organizations that are have been embedded in the communities where we're serving, and so we're looking at ways to do that, whether it's franchises, partnerships, or what have you.
1: That that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, any any uh, new markets that are on the horizon that you want to share? Uh,
3: nothing new right now. We are uh, we're kind of stalled on opening new markets while we you know figure out what's the best way to do that.
1: Makes sense. Uh, this is this has been so interesting i i um, like i said you know coming from i uh, in northeastern ohio and uh, living in columbus for a while as well i've been familiar with the market wagon and its its general approach and i'm so glad that i've had an opportunity to speak with you directly to learn a little bit more about its origin story, uh, you know, its 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 future, and really kind of the the, the very unique space that it occupies in the market. Uh, I, you know, you have I think such a promising future and such an important mission uh, for so many as consumers. I think continue to want to demand. Um, you know, access to fresh food as well as you know, food that is so local, locally where they know where it comes from, as we've we discussed. And then, of course, we which we haven't totally talked about. I want to do this before I let you go. Just touch upon the the role that something like market wagon plays in helping you know we'll start we'll we'll end kind of where we where you started saving the small family farm what kind of economic impact does this have for, for our for our smaller farmers that aren't huge cafos and and large you know uh, industrial farms
3: uh, well, thanks for <laughs> thanks for letting me share the mission because that is what's most important to me. We can talk about technology and logistics and pickups and trends, but at the end of the day, what we're doing is giving small family farms uh, an avenue to create diversified income. So I'll, I'll use my own farm as an example because it's really a great example and it, it is a kind of an archetype of what we're seeing among all the vendors that we work with which is, you know, my dad still raises grain, row crops. You know, yeah. he, he's been outfitted to do that uh, since the early 80s. That's kind of the direction that a lot of farms went. He only has a few hundred acres, so there's some corn and soy uh, that he's doing, which is traditional Midwestern row cropping. But he's able to switch to non-GMO corn, so he keeps back some of that corn, and we use that to feed um, the hogs and a little bit to the beef as well. And by raising beef on some of the land that's not as – um, uh, you know, good for rope ropping. He's got a second revenue stream, if you will. Mm -hmm. It's diversified. And if the markets are down for grain, um, then we can increase the head count of hawks and you can hedge, if you will. You have the ability to play the commodities, um, in a more intelligent and and holistic way and, and create income that wasn't there before. Now for someone like me, without this direct to consumer channel, When I turned 18, farming wasn't even really an option. Uh, There wasn't hardly enough income for dad, much less for me to enter the enterprise. Well, now what we've built on our own family farm is gaining enough seam to where it's a second full-time income. And by the time my kids are full-grown, they're going to have the option if they choose. I can't predict what they want to do, but they'll have that as a choice to enter the family business and, and be a farmer again. And that's the key thing. What we're seeing in the, the farming community, the impact of Market Wagon as a direct-to-consumer channel is we're seeing f- uh, for the first time in a long time, next generation farmers, people in my generation or younger, um, being able to have the choice to enter into the family business, not by getting in 2000 acres and, and creating a, you know a grain income that way, but hey, can I carve off these 50 acres over here and grow melons and sweet corn? Can I create yep. specialty crops, a diversified income stream, and, and build that up? And in order to do that, you have to have what Joel Salatin calls an, an embryonic development phase, you know, mm-hmm. where you're prototyping something at a minimal phase and building enough customer loyalty um, to make it meaningful and grow on it year after year. And that's what market wagon allows you to do. There's no minimums. We don't require farms to be large. Uh, uh, or have any kind of like minimum supply. So, if you want to start with just a couple of hundred hens in your backyard flock and you can only produce 30, 40 dozen eggs a week, that's what you can get started doing. You can create cash flow, you can save that cash flow, you can reinvest it, and you can grow your farm organically. And I think it's a, a huge, huge need that we've been able to fill.
1: Uh, Amen to that. uh, More people need to. I I am an absolute proselytizer when it comes to trying to save the small family farm. And you obviously put your money where your mouth is. This has been a really exciting conversation. Um, Let us know, how do people find Market Wagon online?
3: You can find us online at marketwagon.com. There's also an app in the iOS and Android store.
1: Easy enough. Nick Carter, thank you so much for joining Eat Your Heartland Out. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to Eat Your Heartland Out. This episode was produced by me, Capri Cafaro. Our audio engineers are Liam Warner and Armin Spengen. Theme music by Jason Shaw. Eat Your Heartland Out is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe.